This is Youpreneur FM, the official podcast of the Youpreneur Mastermind Community, a place where no entrepreneur gets left behind in their pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. And now, and now, here's your host, serial entrepreneur and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 208 of Youpreneur FM. Thank you very much for being with me. As always, I hope you are doing very well. Good gosh, we're at the end of February already. <laughs> what What's going on? How is the time whizzing by so fast? Just incredible. Anyway, today got great show lined up for you guys. Kevin Cruz is in the house to talk all about intimate attention. Oh, yes, we're going there. Not that kind of intimacy, but still something very important for us all. Before I get into that chat, however, with Kevin, uh, just a quick reminder, if you haven't done so already, make sure you hop over to youpreneur.com forward slash ebook to pick up your free copy of my personal branding roadmap. Now downloaded over 20,000 times, this thing is helping thousands and thousands of people all around the world to get to grips with the beginning stages of building that powerful, profitable personal brand business. So if you haven't grabbed the hold of your copy yet, please make sure you go ahead and do so. One more time, youpreneur.com forward slash ebook. So on to my conversation with Kevin. You know what? Every now and then you have a conversation with somebody that you don't actually know very well. And you say to yourself, holy moly, not only was that good, but I want to carry on. I want to keep going. I want to do this again soon. And this was very much the case with Kevin. Now, look, he's a New York Times bestselling author. He's a business coach. He's a consultant for big firms and all the rest of it. Great career under his under his belt. But he really is focused and has been focused for quite some time on the on, on building his personal brand as that coach, that consultant, that author, that speaker, and all the rest of it. So he's a perfect fit for the Youpreneur FM listener. But more importantly, he drops a ton of value bombs on this episode, and you'll hear us at the end. You know, I full-on invite him back to the show at the end of this show, and I'm going to get him back on sooner rather than later because he really did drop some great tips and tactics. So enjoy the conversation with Kevin, as I did, because I know it's going to help you. Here we go. So Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. Great to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you, man. So I'm I'm pumped for this conversation. Um, you have a new book out, and <laughs> just the cover alone. I mean, like when we talk about transparency, let's let's <laughs> <laughs> and authenticity. Like you know, let's let's break this down for you guys tuning in. The uh, title of Kevin's new book is "Text Me, Snap Me." Ask Me Anything, How Entrepreneurs, Consultants, and Artists Can Use the Power of Intimate Attention to Build Their Brand, Grow Their Business, and Change the World. But that is not the impressive part of it. (laughs) The impressive part of the front cover is that you have your personal cell number, you've got your uh, Twitter and, and Snapchat handle, and you also have your direct email on the cover of your book as well. Am I right, sir? Absolutely. I'm trying to, to practice what I preach. 
Either that or you're just looking to stay very busy <laughs> for a long, long time, one or the other. Um, I could be very lonely, and this is this is how I'm trolling for friends. That's right. That's what it is. Well, I mean, you know, you I mean, you know what you're doing when it comes to book. You're a New York Times bestselling author. You know what the deal is here. I love the idea of um, all of that contact info. I mean, usually it's in the book somewhere, in some way, shape, or form, on the back cover at least. But here we are, right on the front cover. Um, I love the focus on intimate attention. We can deep dive on that. Um, but I love the the overall message here is building your brand, growing your audience, uh, but really doing it to be able to find those super fans rather than just, you know, grow a massive, you know, email list or create a huge following on YouTube or whatever it is. So I want to deep dive on that. I want to get straight to the meat here, if that's okay with you. What yeah, is good. a super fan, according to Kevin? Well, yeah, and I think that is a great place to start. I mean, for me, I use intentionally a loose and broad definition. So a super fan to me is any uh, you know follower, fan out there that I've had a meaningful one-on-one interaction with. So that could be uh, you know via email where somebody uh, emails me a question and then I email them back an answer and sometimes I'll ask them for some more information so we'll have a little bit of a back and forth. I now feel like I've had a, a, an actual connection with them. I would call them a super fan. You know, I'm, I'm the newest platform I'm experimenting with is Snapchat, and so this tends to be more in video. Someone will record a little video to me. I record a video back uh, to them. And so in my mind, I mean, I, believe me, Chris, I still like my big email list. I still believe in broad content marketing to a degree. Sure. But once someone, you know, you've actually answered a question or reached out to them and had a back and forth, I think they're exponentially more likely to remember you, remember what you do, and to want to help you uh, to succeed. It's that that law of reciprocity and just being a good human. And so, uh, as you say, I mean, it's nice to have the big list, but when you're launching a new product or you're trying to get reviews on your indie book on Amazon or... Uh, upvote in a certain post that's important to you. You know, you want that army of super fans. These people are like, hey, I, I know Kevin. Hey, I know Chris. Chris is a good guy. I want to yep. help him out. So yep. that's what a super fan is to me. Yeah, I mean, for me, they're the people that really move the needle for you in your business. That's the way I look at them. Um, I mean, I remember when, you know, we talk about books real quick. I remember when I launched Virtual Freedom, uh, you know, we, we were doing a pretty hardcore kind of pre-launch uh, you know, push. Uh, and one guy, you know, and, and on the website, we had, you know, bulk packages available. You know, you buy five right. books and you get this video for free and buy 20 and I'll do this for you kind of thing. Um, but we stopped at 50 books because I didn't think that my audience was going to be interested in buying any more than 50 copies of the exact same book, right? right. So we stopped, We had like, I think like four, I think four packages. Um, and I got an email from a guy that I had never heard from before after years of, I mean, at that point, four years of blogging, podcasting, doing video. He emailed me and he was like, Chris, I've been a, you know, a, a closet fan for a long time. It's time to come out of the closet and <laughs> really, you know, let you know what you and your content has done to help me and my business grow over the years as a way to kind of almost pay you back for it. I'd like to buy a hundred copies of virtual freedom. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, how can I do that? I'm not looking for anything for it. I don't need any bonus packages or anything like that. But then the next question was the, you know, the final, the final factor in that super fan analogy. And that was that he said, how do I buy the books 
so that it best helps you potentially hit one of the lists. Oh yeah, and that matters, <laughs> right? So the you know the super fans they they know, they know that that's a thing, right? And they want to do it the right way rather than just going on Amazon and buying a hundred copies of the book uh, or you know CEO reads or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, and I loved that about this guy. Now my my mission was not to necessarily hit the bestseller list for virtual freedom but uh you know he ended up buying it i think through ceo reads but um then what he did next kevin blew me away and i was waking up literally to another instagram photo from him every day for like two months where he was just leaving copies of the books in various places around the bay area in san francisco so he yep. was going in and dropping in a copy at like Starbucks, leaving it in co-working spaces. He even went into one of the libraries and put like two or three copies in the library. And I'm like, how does that mess up a librarian's day? You know what <laughs> I mean? When somebody walks up with a book with no ticket or stamp on it or anything. I mean, but this was a super fan. He was helping to spread the word about the book and, and the concept behind the book. I was just so appreciative of the fact. And I just thought I'd tell that story. Well, what's amazing about that, Chris, is like when you sometimes when you get people who will, you know, buy 50 copies or 100 copies, which is great no matter who they are or their reasoning. But often it's, I don't know, you know, a a CEO who's going to give them (laughs) to all of her employees, you know, whether they want them or not. Right, right, right. It's your it's your attorney and you've you've given him so much business over the years. He feels he has to buy a bunch of books. This is a guy who didn't even have the audience ready. It wasn't something he expensed through his big corporate account. He was buying them to support you and then wanted to spread your message, you know, to, to random people. Like that's the best thing in the world. Yeah. No, I was very appreciative of it. And man, you know what? Give me 500 of those guys over a, a half a million person list any day of the week. Oh, absolutely. Right. So how do we, how do we create this fandom? How do we, how do we, I guess probably start at the beginning here. How do we even attract people that will ultimately become our super fans? Is there a is there a fine way to be able to do it? Yeah, I think you know, Chris. It's it's sad, but um, you do have to be a, a, almost proactive or or aggressive about it because the assumption in this day and age is that we can't interact with you know with our heroes or celebrities or people we see you know on social media or authors and you know, i as part of the research for this book and i i'm not going to call them out uh, chris but like i reached out to many uh you know well-known internet marketers authors you know names you and i would both know mm-hmm. um and very few of them would return my emails or calls now, for many of them, I'm one of their customers. I've paid thousands of dollars to go to their events. I've bulk purchased their books. I've, uh, you know, participated in programs. And I, you know, it feels funny to say about yourself, but you know, I'm no schlub. Like I'm, I'm in the business, right? You'd think there'd be a little professional courtesy. The vast majority would never even acknowledge the call or the email. I just got no mm. response. Mm. Uh, the second most common response was. Um, you know, from an assistant saying, hey, I've passed along your message. Uh, he's really busy. No guarantee he's going to get back to you. And so, you know, it really, you know, told me, you know, that, wow, like, even if you're all, even if you're already a customer, it doesn't mean that that company is going to respond to you. I mean, so as an individual, it, it's like, okay, if you want to cultivate super fans, 
you need to let them know that you're a real person. You really are the person reading your email. And so, you know, here's just a, a, a simple trick I do, Chris, which is, you know, I've got an email uh, a list like everybody does. I put out some kind of lead magnet, you know, special report, checklist or something. People give me their email. Well, nine times out of 10, probably 99 times out of 100, the first email that a subscriber gets, that automated one, is going to say, hey, welcome. You're going to get this something from me once a week. Please add me to your whitelist, blah, blah, blah. Just kind of that generic first sure. email. Yeah. The very first sentence I say is, hey, hit the reply button on this email and tell me what are you working on or what are you challenged by? I'm like, even if it's outside my area, I'd love to know. That's all I say. And I get about 5 to 10%, depending on where the traffic's coming from, 5 to 10% of my email subscribers will send me an email. Now, <laughs> a good number of them start out and say, hello, Kevin, or your virtual team, or hello, Kevin, if it's really you reading this. <laughs> they, right. they don't believe that I would really do it. And right. I love those because they're the ones I respond to first and say, hey, there are some days when I wish my team was answering these emails, but they don't. You know, it's really me here. And people are blown away. Now, I can't, um, uh, I, I can't say that I respond to everybody same day or within 24 hours. That's often my goal. And, you know, what I find is just by doing that invitation in my very first interaction on email, it drives a lot of that, that conversation and traffic. And then, of course, on social media, you know, just taking the time, I don't know, every 100th post, whatever social media channel you're on to say, hey, you know, I encourage you to reach out personally if I can help, if I can answer any questions or just tell me, you know, where are you and what are you into? Mm. And that starts the conversation. So just caring. <laughs> just caring. <laughs> just caring. What just a care about people. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and we've talked before, like, you know, on the subject, like, when did that stop being a concept? Like, what, you know, when, when did, when, you know, when did being authentic and transparent stop being the right thing to do? Like, why is it such a big deal? Like, people say that about certain people that you and I both know. Oh, he's so transparent. You should follow him. Oh, that guy is one of the most authentic guys around. Like, when did that, stop being just the thing that you should do anyway, particularly when it comes to your personal brand, right? Yeah. And, and Chris, this is what, what blows me away. So what the, the pushback I get on this from people, probably the people, you know, or the excuse I would get from the people who didn't respond to my calls and emails. I sound bitter. I promise I'm not bitter about it. Um, <laughs> you know, they I say, don't know. The well, truth is the transparency here, Kev. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, right. They, they, they'll say, well, you know, you get to a certain level of success and you just can't, you're just too busy to do that. You can't handle the flood of communication. Now, here's why I call BS on that. So for my previous book, which is on, on time management, I cold contacted 800 entrepreneurs, almost 900 entrepreneurs, very, you know, a wide range of highly successful people, self-made millionaires, self-made billionaires. And you know what? So three-fourths of the people did not respond, did not respond at all, didn't even say thanks anyway. I don't want to be interviewed. I'm not interested in your forthcoming book. However... Chris Ducker responded right away to, and, and gave me some tips on time management productivity. John Lee Dumas responded in about 28 hours. I think that guy's got a pretty big audience and has a few things on his plate. Mm -hmm. And my favorite one, Chris, who answered my interview email the fastest? 61 minutes after I sent him a cold email, 
Mark Cuban personally responded <laughs> and answered my question back. So if Mark Cuban can answer me on a, on a Saturday afternoon in 61 minutes, you know, I think most of us, you know, high-flying authors, entrepreneurs, internet marketers out there can find a way to, to get some amount of, of audience attention. Look, if you're that successful, hire staff to become less busy, right, Chris? I mean, we know about productivity. So at a certain point, you got to put your, your audience, you know, at the front of the list. Yes, agreed, 100%. Okay, so let's say that we've got our, you know, our list is growing nicely, our audience is growing nicely, we feel like we've got some super fans, you know, within our midst, so to speak. What can we do, Kevin, to kind of get them to, to, to come out of the shell a little bit? What can we do to, you know, get them to help spread our word and grow our audience? Yeah, what, what I find is... Um you know, I, I don't hit my audience that often with, with something to buy. You know, I come out with a new book every year or maybe a program or something. So the first thing I do, I mean, I just want to keep the relationship alive. And yes. so I do try to, uh, in addition to the regular content marketing, you know, I'll do certain giveaways or contests or, uh, you know, uh, uh, VIP webinars. So I keep a separate tag on those super fans. And so I'll do live webinars, live events, live coaching uh, uh, programs just for that, that group. And I'm not, I, I don't do any, any selling in those. So once that relationship is established, I try to do a giveaway or a valuable, you know, content session, you know, every other month just to keep that value building. Now, what I find is just based on the relationship alone, it goes back to, you know, your, your favorite, you know, P2P selling. I don't really have to ask if all of a sudden I've got a, a book out and I hit my list and say, hey, does anybody want to join my launch team? Most of the super fans join the launch team. If I say, hey, you know, I'm going to be uh, reselling this 2017 goal setting program. Is anyone interested? Boy, that group is super responsive. And sometimes I'll do other things, you know, to um, almost tier the levels of super fans. Like I, I, I think that guy who bought a hundred of your books ha needs his own pedestal, his own tier. But you know, right. I have a, a, a private Facebook group, you know, a mastermind group, and not all super fans are automatically in that group, but. You know, anybody that leaves a review for one of my books ends up into that Facebook group. Certainly any of my customers of like an online course would be in that group. So I kind of tier them as the relationship unfolds. And at each, you know, higher level of tier, I, like that. I just try to provide more value. Right. I like that. I like that. And in turn, obviously, they're more likely to spread the word, to buy the book, to tweet it out, to gift it, you know, all that Absolutely. sort of type of thing. You know, it's funny. Um, yesterday... Uh, and, and for you guys tuning in, obviously, we're timing this with the launch of Kevin's new book. That's no secret. Um, but we're actually recording this a few days before Christmas 2016 here. Yesterday, I put out an image on social of Virtual Freedom. And I said, this year at Christmas, give the gift of freedom. And my Amazon rank went up through the roof yesterday. Wow. <laughs> so it, it just goes to show it you, works. you. It does work. You get it out. And we're talking about a book that's, you know, two and a half years old already. So there you go. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that the majority of the people who bought that book yesterday uh, have probably already bought the book before in the past. They genuinely are gifting it for that's Christmas right. to people. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. You know, thought leadership, I think, has changed a lot in terms of what people think of when you say, oh, that guy's a thought leader, or 
I want to be a thought leader. I'm just curious. As somebody who obviously has a decent personal brand yourself and is obviously continually growing it, what does thought leadership mean to you? Uh, and how importantly, how can we kind of bolster that term onto ourselves in a relatively quick time, if, if that's even possible? I mean, I know a lot of people like the idea of being known and seen as a thought leader. So is that something that we can kind of chase down relatively easily nowadays? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, th- and this is something, Chris, I think you know, you know more about it than I do. But I've, you know, I've I and I don't recommend this, but I sort of have just even in recent years, I kind of crafted a thought leadership brand around uh, leadership and employee engagement for one book, and then uh, uh, productivity and time management for the for the previous one. Mm-hmm. And I've I have found that you can uh, sort of become viewed as a thought leader. And I'll just definition of that in terms of well, how, you know, easy for you to say, Kevin, but. You know, I get proactive or, or, or incoming calls. You know, I do no cold calling. I'll get incoming calls from people saying, Kevin, we want a keynote speaker on time management. Are you available on this date? And then the next day, it's, hey, we need a keynote speaker on leadership on this date or, or other things. And to me, it's, um, it, it's and we, we were just talking about this earlier, it's both – uh, knowing exactly what you have to offer that's unique and and tied to a very unique audience. So, you know, to be a thought leader in a general topic like I'm a leadership expert for everybody around the world, it's going to be tough to, to, <laughs> to lay claim to that oh, yeah. and to hold yeah. on to it, right? Um, however, like when I went after that, I was interested in the topic of employee engagement. So it's sort of a subset of leadership. And so I looked at it and it's, it's not that I'm the only one that talks about employee engagement. I mean, there's probably uh, only half a dozen others that are really focused on it, but with some, you know, clever research, I could see exactly what are the things people are searching on Google for around employee engagement. Let's make sure I'm writing articles and recording helpful videos on all those topics and, and posting them online. Love it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, positioning that way. Let me pick certain industries. So, for example, in terms of employee engagement, hospitals, healthcare systems are very interested in that. So, not only am I going to write about, hey, you know, how can you lead people f- to maximize employee engagement? I'm going to write articles about how can nurse leaders engage frontline nurses. I mean, that specific. So when you kind of dial down your focus area and also niche your target audience, you know, there's that old saying, riches and niches, all of a sudden you become the only person who does what you do. It'd be silly to say, I'm the only leadership expert or I'm the only, you know, productivity expert out there. Trust me, before my productivity book came out, I had done no work. I had no articles, no breadcrumbs in this area. You know, there's a little guy called David Allen with getting things done that just kind of owned that space. And yet I thought, how can I be the only, how can I become a thought leader very quickly in this space? And so one of the ways I made my book the only, well, it's the only time management book that's based on interviews with 300 highly successful entrepreneurs, including Mark Cuban and a bunch of other billionaires. You know, it became the only time management book that said, to-do lists are evil. Throw them away. You have to live your life from your calendar. And in fact, Chris, you probably don't even remember, but that was some of your advice to me back then is if it gets scheduled, it gets done. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's 
it, I didn't say it wasn't a trick. I didn't say, oh, you know, getting things done is about having a great to do list that's all A, B and C. So I'm going to be the opposite. It was just let the research go. But when you see that there's a unique element, a unique feature, that's what I'm going to play up. That's what I'm going to cover in my articles. So I just think it's that niching down what you have to offer and niching who you're going to offer it to. You can then own that space, that little space pretty quickly. And then you just expand, you know, the concentric circles out from there. Yeah, no, I agree 120%. I mean, for me, that that idea of, you know, if it doesn't get scheduled, it doesn't get done. It it needs to be like that. But I still see way too many people living in their inboxes. Like you, you can't get anything. And, and actually using their inboxes as a to-do list as well. Like that's the worst when you see yeah, it's people. A, it's their second to-do list because they've got the first one sitting on their desk that they're not getting right, to. Right, on a post-it note or, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever, right? They, the, post, the dreaded post-it note on the side of the monitor, right? Must do these by the end of the day. Or, you know, the, oh. the, the other thing, the procrastination kicks in from a productivity perspective. And we're both productivity junkies. Let's yeah. not go down a rabbit hole now. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, like the whole drag and drop, oh, I'll do that tomorrow on your online calendar. I'll do that on Thursday. And and they, you know, you just procrastinate until the cows come home. You know what I mean? It's so bad. Um, so let me ask you this to wrap up here then, man. I mean, you, you talk about the intimate attention side of a personal brand in the book. And, and apparently, apparently there's an intimate attention secret that is, <laughs> that is laying within the pages of this here manuscript. What is that secret and how, how, how can we kind of um, focus in on that intimate attention? Well, yeah, and to give credit where it's due, you know, I, I stumbled on that term. Uh, Jay Baird was writing, wrote an article about Gary Vaynerchuk, and he's just talked about um, the connection that, that Gary has with his audience, and it's because of this receiving some intimate attention. And trust me, Chris, when I told my girlfriend I was writing a book about intimate attention, you know, she laughed for about an hour. Uh, but <laughs> So we need to clarify <laughs> what kind of right. attention we're talking about right? because <laughs> of the connotation. But it really is this idea of, of having that personal connection and sometimes a private connection. So even when I take somebody's question and record a video and upload it on Facebook or YouTube for everybody, I still email back and say, hey, you know, loved your question so much. I post it for others to see. And, you know, and then I say some more personal stuff. And the real secret there is that, you know, your, your super fan list, again, when you cultivate them with this intimate attention, you know, I get 20, 30, 40 times higher, you know, open rates, click-through rates, and, and purchase rates. And one of the other secrets uh, of this, it's you know, also known as the Ben Franklin effect, is you can ask your fans, ask your super fans for help. Nobody, uh, like you want to make a friend for life. Don't do them a favor, ask them for a favor. Mm. And so I will almost every email newsletter that I send out, I will ask a favor of, of my group. Um, and it could be something as silly as like earlier this year, I, uh, uh, was going on vacation with my kids to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, had never been. So I said, Hey, I'm going on vacation in Jackson Hole next week. If anybody's got any recommendations on things to do, restaurants to eat, let me know. And a whole bunch of people hit reply, and I got myself an itinerary for Jackson Hole. Mm. Uh, it could be, you know, asking for help picking a book title or a, a, a book cover. Oh yeah. Uh, it could be, 
you know, asking for advice about dealing with it's personal stuff. It's not like, Hey, you know, help me drive my book sales, go buy a hundred copies. I will ask that occasionally, but that's not the favor ask. That's a sales ask. So it's really about giving that personal attention and asking advice of that super fan list. And I mean, I really have made <laughs> friends that I've now had for years because, because of these approaches. I mean, there's so much to glean out of that. Um, for me, it it has always come down to, I guess, being available, I think, is something that a lot of people... Like, there's a lot of people that are out there that build up a certain level of, you know, fandom, if you want to call it that, or certain following, um, and then they become unreachable. Have you found that? I mean, you know, people with, like, big followings that have built those followings by being available, by being reachable, by, you know, reaching out to people and getting people to reach back. Um, and then all of a sudden, they're too good for it all. Yeah, well, and I think that is right. And and I mean, I I, I don't want to be too quick to judge, but it's not because they're too busy, because again, that's a choice, yes, right? Yes, it and, is. And I, I do see that, and I think that's a shame, you know, that for a certain amount of time, their part of their personal brand is about being accessible and and being helpful, and at a certain point, they're probably just satisfied with the size of their business or their income or whatever it might be, mm. and they just stop doing that. I think it has to come from a good place, right? Because <laughs> we keep the same things. It's people to people. It's about being human. So if you're gonna fake taking an interest in people, if you're gonna fake answer people, they're gonna smell it from a mile away. I, you know, it sounds corny, but I always say life is about making an impact, not about making an income. Now, of course, the irony is the more impact you make, the more value you give, the more income you're going to have, the higher your wealth will be. So mm. it's it. But but you can't put that focus there because, you know, that's about you. That's not about them. So I think it has to come from a good place. And when people are faking it or they no longer care, that's when it goes away. Absolutely. Great advice. Um, solid chat, man. I, I feel like I want to have you back on the show very much sooner rather than later to deep dive on some of this stuff even more. Would you come back at some point? Anytime, my man. All right. Good, good, good. Guys, for you, show notes available over at chrisducker.com forward slash episode 208. The title of the book is Text Me, Snap Me, Ask Me Anything with all of his most intimate details on the front cover as well. Kevin Cruz, thank you for being on, man. Thanks, Chris. All right, for you guys, thank you for being with me. I often say you could be tuning into any podcast right now, but you're tuning into mine, and that warms my cold British heart very much so. I'll be back at you again next week with another episode. Until then, take good care. Bye for now. It's the idea of an entrepreneurial community where you get to learn from the best in the business. As well as rub shoulders. Gain support. Have access to immediate feedback. As well as nonstop accountability from your peers. Is something that excites you. Then visit youpreneur.com for more information. And to get started on building a business you can truly be proud of. Today. Today. That's youpreneur.com. We'll see you on the inside.